chapter 29, Stee had reluctantly been dragged into conversation by one of the middle-aged men who was in Barbados for the cricket. He was rigid with boredom and knew Isla was enjoying his pain as he watched her deliberately slow approach, which she knew was extending the discomfort he was currently feeling. You see, Sai, the problem is the England team just aren't very good. The puffed-up, overripened face struggled to push out every word, exhausted from a hard day sitting in bars drinking rum cocktails. Sigh, this old bloke can't even get my name right. No good since Gawa retired, you know. Did you ever see him play? No one hit a ball through the cover like Gawa. And there was a real character in that team, but not now. Do you know who has to come in to replace Botham? The absence of a response did nothing to stop the conversation. You're right, Sigh, no one. Absolutely no one. Stee had nothing to say, limiting his response to simple nods and smiles as he sipped his G&T. He was too polite to leave the man alone and conscious that Isla was coming over, he tried to change the conversation, but there was no turning this tanker. Isla looked stunning in a thoroughly natural sort of way. Her confident walk through the bar in an elegant flowy dress turned every head. Despite being slaughtered, red-faced man was astute enough to read the situation and realise that three was most definitely a crowd. Without an invitation, he turned to leave with drunken ponderousness. Isla still had a moment in which to play. Darling, there you are, boring everyone silly, I presume. She kissed Dee on the cheek and turned to the sunburn man, who had finally stopped talking cricket to admire her. I'm so sorry, has he been boring you with his stories? Do you mind if I steal my man from you? She winked at Dee, playing the role of Mrs. C seems so easy. Good night, Si. Have a great evening. You, sir, are a very lucky man. He shook Dee's hand and looked Isla over in what could have been interpreted as a bit too intrusive a manner. Wow! That was impressive. I didn't think I'd ever get away. Darling, hmm, I can handle that. Now, can I get you a drink? Seeing as we are on the island and you are my darling for the evening at least, I'll have a mojito, please. Didn't anybody ever tell you that it's not gin island, Stee? Get on the island rum this instance. You're embarrassing me. Stee beckoned to the barman who was making sure his guest was being properly looked after. Two mojitos, please. The barman knew Stee's room number already. You don't forget the residents in the best suites, as these were the customers who were not short of a dollar and it was part of the job description to know how to spot where your tips are coming from. Please, sir, take a seat with your friend and I'll bring them over. They could just make out a nearby ocean, now blackened with the darkness of the early night sky. Reggae drifted from the speakers all around the bar, echoing into the night. The unmistakable sound of Bob Marley serenaded them with a familiarly wonderful bass beat. In unison, they said cheers with the freshly made mojitos, taking great care not to lose eye contact until they'd had the first sip of their cocktails. How's that band doing? Tell me, what's happening? You're obviously making something good happen given that you're here and someone else is paying. They said I needed a rest. After we parted in New York, I did 30 cities in 60 days before spending a month finishing off the business side in Boston. We went everywhere doing shows, interviews and the appearances that you have to do to get known. He explained how the two-week trip had turned into three months and how he had balls up Christmas with his parents because he hadn't really switched off. It was hardly thrilling stuff if you weren't involved, but I was keen to hear his news. Steve was just happy to be with her again. He spent his working life trying to put business first. Here was someone who seemed to want just him, not what he could do for her. Are you still enjoying life in the air with all those cities and things to see and all those people to meet? It's some life. Not everyone is as interesting and kind as you, Steve. It's not a bad life, but hard laying down the roots anywhere because I'm never in one place long enough. There are only so many times you can be refused entry into a bar on the East Coast and end up having dinner with one of the other younger ones. It'll be better next year. I'll be 21 and one of my evenings in the US will be a bit more exciting. 
Seeing you again tonight was a big and pleasant surprise. How did I cope without you? Steve blushed. She tried to sound sarcastic, but he knew she was more sincere than she'd intended to be as the rhetorical question hung in the air like a sweet cologne. Replaying her words in his head, she moved on quickly. It was a while since he had reason to remember how young Isla was. American law was a farce. Mike Tyson had been heavyweight champion of the world but couldn't get into a bar for a beer. Worse still, there were still thousands who risked their lives in combat for their country but couldn't toast their achievements or, in many cases, their wedding vows with a proper drink. Consistent lawmaking seemed low on the list of American priorities. It was absurd. There's something I wanted to ask. What's the score with this Patrick? Isla paused before answering. She'd put Steve out of his misery soon enough, just not yet. Maybe there was merit in making him work for a bit. How about we save Patrick for later and get some food? What do you fancy?